When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Lakers Fast Break Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, drive safely if you're out there listening. Plus, if you can go ahead and <laughs> like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, guys, we're going to talk about that stuff with Dennis Schroeder and the Olympic team and some more stuff going on. In fact, we might actually have an NBA Finals preview in store for you for the Monday show because right now, Milwaukee has taken a big lead in the second quarter over Atlanta in pivotal game five. So we'll see what happens there. We'll continually update you throughout the show. Phoenix and Chris Paul, strong second half for him. And the Clippers, I just they looked like they were just so tired and they ran out of gas and they fell. And their season is over and the Phoenix Suns move on into the NBA Finals. But We'll talk about that in a sec. We'll talk about a new addition to the coaching staff. And if we think it's going to work, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard and see if they might be able to find their way to Los Angeles, to the Lakers. And we'll talk about Jamie Sweet's latest What If article on his five things column. That has created a lot of controversy at Lakerholics.com as well. But first, guys, it is the NBA playoffs. And right now, as we speak, like I said, it is Pivotal Game 5, and Milwaukee is up 14 in the second quarter as we're talking about this. But we will first turn to the Phoenix Suns. And with here with me today are three great guests indeed. Who knows who will be driving up here in a second. But three great guests indeed. First off, the man who started here first and got here first is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. I know you said you were a supporter of the Phoenix Suns in this occasion because you cannot support the fellow Los Angeles team, Los Angeles Clippers. They are now out. Poor Ivica Zubats. He's gotten roasted over the coals by everyone right and left, saying the team was better off without him, blah, 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 blah. But I want to hear your thoughts now that Chris Paul has finally made it to his vaunted first finals after so many years. Well, you have to love what Chris Paul has done. This is a guy who's a pass-first point guard. He's not the guy who's going to go into a game and 
say, I'm going to take the shots and work for his position and so forth. Well, he did in the second half this yeah, time. When he, he did it. I mean, this was the best game of his career. 41 points, 19 points in the fourth quarter. And he took that game over from the point where the Clippers had cut the lead from 10 down to 7. Chris came into the game at that point in time, walked into a three-point shot, and then just continued to shoot after that. And everybody was just getting out of the way, getting the ball to Chris. And uh, he was he was putting in threes, his typical signature fallback jumpers for two points. He just totally dominated that game, and there was absolutely no chance that the Clippers had to come back at that point in time. So give Chris Paul all of the credit. Terrific game by him. Single-handedly outscored the Clippers from that point where they were seven down through the rest of the game. I think 27 to 19, if I recall correctly. So uh, a guy who's been maligned many times for coming up with injuries and not being able to finish uh, in situations to get him to a championship game. He's going to go to his very first NBA Finals with the Clippers. I will remind you, Gerald, that I was one of those people who said the Lakers should go after this guy last summer. And, uh, man, he sure proved that there's a lot of gas left in that tank. There wasn't um, much it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. I think that they will have a challenge if Giannis does return for the finals and if the Bucks are able to pull through and, and come out and, and be the Eastern Conference champions. Um, but there's a good shot that, you know, they, I think right now Vegas has uh, – as uh, the Suns as the favorites to win the championship. And uh, I would have to say that I agree with them at this point in time. They have a best chance. Uh, they may be the last team standing. They may have had lucky first round, second round, and third round injuries to come up. But the name of the game is you play who's out there facing you. They've done the job. They deserve the championship of the Western Conference that they've gotten. And that's a, a hungry young team. And Chris Paul, more than anybody else on that team, knows right now that the job is not done. Well, to me, it's a combination of, like you said, when he came in, Chris Paul just doing, knowing what he needed to do and actually just stepping on the throat of the Clippers. But it's also, to me, an issue where the Clippers playing, what, 17 games in 34 days, uh, really just, they ran out of gas. And you could tell they looked tired, they looked gassed. They just couldn't keep up. But here today also as well to talk about that and so much more is a good man indeed. you got to catch his medium.com slash basketball dash university. He's the man, one of the guys behind basketball university at medium.com. It is Spencer Young. Spencer, again, I mentioned Chris Paul being, you know, just having that wherewithal to know exactly to go and come into the game and know it needs to be time. It's, it's, it's his time. It's his time to cement his legacy, as some are calling it now that they've talked about as far as they weren't sure where he stood, but they think this is a legacy-defining game for him. I'm not sure if that's the case. It should have been decided already by the multi-time All-Star and the fact that he's already been one of the greatest points guards to ever play the games, in my opinion. But I want to hear your thoughts. Was this a legacy-defining game, whether or not he wins the finals? And are you sad in a little ways as a Lakers fan because you know the Lakers – at least in our opinion here, was that much better had they been healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, what an amazing performance. I mean, 
frankly, coming off of COVID protocols, Chris Paul wasn't very good for three games, uh, for the first three games he played in. But, and, you know, he, sometimes he struggles against a switching defense like the Clippers because if, if you make him go one-on-one, uh, you know, he doesn't always make you pay. I think you saw that, like, when he was on the Rockets facing the Golden State Warriors year after year. Uh, but, wow, I mean, then he scored 31 points in the second half. Um, I was actually watching the game live with some friends, and then and I pointed out it was – it was like watching him against Utah in an elimination game in 2018. And I, I said that during the third quarter. And then he finished the game with 41 points, just like he did four seasons prior with the Rockets. So, yeah, that was amazing. As far as, yeah, as far as the Lakers, I think obviously there's, there's regret there. We had a 2-1 series lead. It really did look like we were going up. 3-1 until AD pulled his groin. And, I mean, there's another level of regret of regret with Chris Paul not being a Laker ever, frankly, right? We'd want Twice. To, yeah, right. We'd, we'd want Chris Paul to get his first finals appearance in purple and gold. But, I mean, personally, I, I'm just um, – I'm happy for Chris Paul at 36. You know, he doesn't have – there's only, like, so many opportunities to win and – now, right now is as good as ever for him to go first trip. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, if, in that sense, you got to be happy for him. Don't always love the game that he plays, but I understand that he is one of the best to ever play the position of point guard. And I, in that sense, I think it is a legacy defining game for him. And if people weren't sure about what he stood for, where he was at in, in the pantheon of point guards, I think last night's performance and knowing at the time, what he needed to do and getting it done in both of those steps, I think, are certainly the best ways to go. But we've also got other great guests here on the show as well. A man who is hopefully driving very safely and not causing too many accidents out there. A man who is on his speakerphone, hands-free, driving safely, officers, is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing on his very controversial According to Laker Tom and the comments that he made yesterday in regards to his five things column. But we'll talk about that on the back end of the show. Is our own Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, good to have you back. Driving safely on the freeway. Your thoughts on Chris Paul's defining performance in upending the Clippers run? Well, I think his legacy amongst his peers was already well defined. If you talk to anybody in the league, they had a tremendous amount of respect for Chris Paul's accomplishments, the body of work that he's accumulated over his career. And so I think it depends on what, uh, what you know, platform we're talking about. Amongst, you know, fans and a lot of the media, uh, it's a what have you done for me lately. It's always a what have you done for me lately kind of a endeavor. And so this is a defining moment in, in that because this is the highest, this is the farthest Chris has ever gone in the NBA playoffs. And that's the ultimate measuring stick, you know. It's 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 the rings on your fingers. It's not the uh, it's not the points or the assists or the steals or you know the intangible leadership qualities that Chris Paul obviously brings to every team he's ever been on. Um, you know, talk about you know if, if people want to say that you know, injuries are defining these NBA playoffs, which I absolutely believe to be true, but injuries have also, to a large part, kind of defined Chris Paul's career. Or forced him to have to 
continually prove to define his career that you know he is as good as 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 he is, right? So, like everybody else, I'm happy for Chris Paul. Um, you know, I want to push back a little bit on the Vince uh, Zubats. I think Zubats actually went out and earned himself a pretty decent contract in the playoffs this year. I thought this was a big coming out party for uh, Zublaka, and uh, I couldn't be happier for the guy. And I thought this is a this is a a solid showing by DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs as well. Both guys, you know, did what they were called to do. I mean, did they play like all-stars? No, but like at this point in time, if you're a back-to-the-basket center and you're able to contribute in a manner that both those guys were able to contribute in the playoff game, that's that's worth taking a look at if you're a GM looking at a last end of the roster spot or two. Well, with Ivica Zubats, I, I personally would have loved for him to stay on the, on the Lakers. I've said that many times. It's a situation where the team statistically, the Clippers were better off when they played a predominant amount of time with the small ball and had Ivica Zubats off the floor. I mean, that's what we've seen all throughout the playoffs with virtually every big man that's out there outside of Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. I mean, every time we've seen a big guy like Rudy Gobert, And DeAndre Ayton, to be honest. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton at times. It was played off the floor as well. I mean, no, it wasn't. I disagree. What, I he was playing that he DeAndre. Well, in Game Three, when he only scored ten points, he was virtually imbi- invisible in that game. <laughs> to me, he was. He wasn't. It, it's he's got to stay involved. Remember, he's dependent on other individuals. He's dependent on Chris Ball and and also Devin Booker to keep him a valuable part of that rotation. Otherwise, when they go small like that in the Clippers, they can exploit him and exploit him well, and they did during the course of that series. There were periods during that series where he totally exploited any of the people who were guarding him, big it's or small. Shade, tip for tat. It's just, you know, again, it's... Um, it, no, but, but I, I, I guess I, I revolt at the idea that you're trying to throw him into the same bag of, of tricks as JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and, and all no, of these local centers I, who I don't score the, 20 points, can't pull down 22 rebounds. No, I, I didn't put... You see, that's where you're wrong. That is where you're wrong. I did playoffs. not put him in, in the JaVale McGee standpoint. I put him into the same standpoint as Rudy Gobert and to an extent Ivica Zupas, but mainly more... Than, well, right? he played much better than... He's played much better in the playoffs than either one of those two guys that you just mentioned. For most part, but there was games during the series where he was ineffective, and that was because of the small lineup thrown out there by the Clippers. Well, look at the rankings for centers in the playoffs for this playoff. I'm looking at the plus-minuses. I'm looking at the efficiency. I'm looking at game three. I'm just telling you what I saw, okay? (sighs) He was very ineffective in game three. He was played (sighs) off the floor by the small lineup. He was as important as, as Chris Paul was or as Devin Booker was. To the Suns winning the champion, winning the Western Conference championship. I don't know about that, but if he was a good. They could have done it without him. Yeah, in the Lakers series, I'll give you that because you know matching up against Andre Drummond, he feasted off of Andre Drummond. Yeah, right. you're right on that on that sense. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Coupets Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. 
head on over to manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I'd also add with respect to Chris Paul that everything he's accomplished so far really has not changed his legacy because his legacy and the problem with his legacy was no rings. The same problem that Dominique had, the same problem that Charles has. And and there is a difference. There's a difference between doing what you have to do, being the player that you, the best player that you can be, and winning championships. Chris needs to win a championship to move into that next tier. If he doesn't win that championship, he's he's taken another leg up the ladder, but he's still got a long way to go before he gets recognized among the point guards who have won those championships. The Magic, he has now much more time. The Isaiah right. Thomases and. Well, I was going to hit it over to you, Jamie, for a rebuttal on that, Jamie. but Jamie is still driving on the freeway right now. But uh, Jamie, can you, can you share us any quick thoughts safely, I might <laughs> add? Listen, uh, you know, I, it's, I think, you know, I, have, I, agree, I basically agree with what Tom said in terms of Chris Paul's legacy. I mean, again, amongst players, peers of the game, there was never a question about Chris Paul's greatness. It was the media-driven narrative is like, well, you're not a winner until you win or win it all, which, you know. Well, you're not a winner until you do win. Well, but. It's pretty simple. Takes, it takes you to a different level on terms of now you have things over players like Chuck. But we're not, I mean, are we really arguing that Charles Barkley isn't a winner or a great player? That's ludicrous. Like, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> Chris Paul's going into the Hall of Fame. Like, yes. a lot of guys who didn't win championships who went in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's a big accomplishment. Saying. He's already a great player. That's but what's the biggest accomplishment? I what mean, stands out above all of the other accomplishments? Rings well, on the fingers, man. That's one metric, yes. That's the metric. It's the biggest metric that's measured by any of these people. I, I'll go with Tom on that one. I, I that's it's all about what rings, what you know, what kind of jewelry, what kind of hardware do you have? I think it's more important for franchises than players. Well, that's why Charles Barkley is now considered you know, a Michael Jordan or LeBron James by many people, even though he was truly one of the most revolutionary players of his time. You know, that's a debate for another day. We can debate Chris Paul, but he is going to his first NBA Finals as a heavy favorite for the Phoenix Suns. I want to ask you this real quick, Spencer, when it comes to what we're seeing and the rumors out there with the potentially ugly situation in Portland that's going on with Damian Lillard, you know, a lot of pushback about his comments in regards to the recent hiring of Chauncey Billups and the, I guess, the unearthing of some legal issues and legal troubles, which we will not go into detail here because it uh, really goes into some really poor depths in regards to that. I mean, if you've been aware in the news, you understand that there is something that happened in the mid-90s with Chauncey Billups, Ron Mercer, Antoine Walker, and another individual with a young lady that uh, in regards to a what was going to be a very serious situation, but ended up in a settlement. But this came into light as soon as Chauncey Billups was hired. Never was brought up again during his time as ESPN or when he was looking for other jobs, but was brought up this past week. 
It's turned into a PR nightmare because the press conference announcing Chauncey Billups as the coach turned into be a fiasco. He wasn't allowed to go ahead and elaborate more on those comments, especially when asked by reporters, but turned into a really disappointing situation. And with the future up ahead kind of uncertain in Portland in regards to talent and also salary cap, as Laker Tom would attest to, on who has and who has who has money and who hasn't. What are your thoughts on possibly Damian Lillard? I don't want to say getting out of jail because that's the old jail blazer joke from the old past days, and that's like passe, but getting out of Portland, I know there's a lot of rumors he could go to New York, he can go here, but with him and also Ben Simmons, who Laker Tom and I, and Laker Tom, rightly so, was the first one to get on the Ben Simmons for Lakers small ball center prospects. What are the prospects of either one of those two outstanding players, flawed as in the, especially in Ben Simmons' case, as he is, but still coming to the Lakers and making a contribution to the team? Uh, well, I mean, I hate to, hate to be a downer, but I think the odds that we get an eater player are just like astronomically low. <laughs> yes. So in Lillard's case, I think, I mean, a team that's on the cusp of contention with much better assets than LA is going to, if he demands a trade, that, that's the type of team that will pull the trigger and trade for him. So, you know, like if the Heat are willing to give up the amount of bio, if the Celtics are willing to give up Jalen Brown, I guess if Philly's willing to give Ben Simmons all of their draft picks and all of their young pieces. I think Toronto, I heard, is for uh, Pascal Siakam for Lillard. That's been talked about along with draft picks and other things. So, yeah, so and then you compare that to LA, and we're what we're gonna dump Kuzma, Kuzma. KCP, and a maxed out team. Caruso, <laughs> yeah, so I, Schroeder, not happening unless you know he says he's he wants to go to LA and he only wants to go to the Lakers and he's gonna cause havoc anywhere else. Uh, as far as Ben Simmons, I just I also just don't see it happening because. You know, Daryl Morey runs the front office. He's all about boosting boosting his odds of winning a championship in one season. And there's no pieces on the Lakers that they're going to trade for Ben Simmons that are going to raise his team's championship odds. I agree with you on that, as Jamie Sweet is still trying to continually drive safe on the freeway. We just don't know whether it's a crash or with a phone moving or what. Yeah, when we see that, that the phone goes out, we're just like, Oh, we may have, a, we may have a live podcast of an accident coming up. Yes, here. exactly. You know, that's for people. We that should all like do it. this mobile next time, don't you think? All four yeah. cars. Well, I have done mobile podcasts before. I have done podcasts while I've been driving on the I-15 and also in Los Angeles, Orange County, when I was on the 91. So I saw Steve Nash on a podcast once in his car. It's the closest I've come to Jamie. <laughs> yes, so he's he's trying. He's trying. He's a he's, little bit of lack of control with the. Uh, you have a. One of those phone things that you have a magnet on your dashboard. Have one of those. I don't have. I'm sorry. Got to put it into the. Blue I mean, I feel like I feel like we're on the floor here the, with the camera. That's okay. That's okay. You know, he. There you go. Right he on cue. Right onto the camera. Yes, right on cue. Right on cue. You kind of are. It's the, whenever my car hits a bump. Oh, that's scary. That's scary. Or hits like another car, but we won't. Or a pedestrian. Yes, or a pedestrian. Watch out on the roads. Watch out on Southern California roads right now. He's a terror out on the streets. Yeah. Make but, sure to vote, get vaccinated, and be safe and, and put on your seatbelt. Yes, yes, all of the above. But Laker Tom, 
I know it's a pipe dream. Obviously, there are other targets yeah. we need to hit instead. But when we talk about Ben Simmons, like you did, and rightly so, would be a great small ball center despite his flaws. And, uh, you know, obviously. He'd, he'd Dave, be another Anthony Davis for us. Yes. And Dave, Dave, who doesn't want to play the best position that is available to him. Well, <laughs> at least Anthony Davis can hit free throws. But, yeah. you know, we would talk about and we'll want to shoot in the fourth quarter. But that needs to go and, and change right there for you. But when it comes to Damian Lillard, I think that's the one that would really help the Lakers at this point in time. But he's only, I think, three years left on his contract. Yeah, I think you right know, the, 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 biggest, the biggest function that Ben Simmons and and Damian Lillard and uh, I'll throw in um, Zach Levine. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. The best thing that those guys can do is to use up some of the cap space on these teams that are competing for the Lakers for that second tier group of people, you know, the yeah. whether it's a whether it's CJ or whether it's Chris Paul even possibly or you know, there's a whole bunch of Kyle Lowry's. There's a bunch of guys in the next tier that I want to see the big money teams that, that have a lot of picks and so forth use those picks so that there's an opportunity that the musical chairs may benefit the Lakers and they get a shot at, you know, at a, at a Rozier or at a, at a player of that capability. Well, let me run this by you, Tom, and let me run it by you, Jamie, and I'll have you talking this first, Jamie, and I'll hit you up, Spencer, and I'll hit you up, Tom. There was a recent change in Utah with the head of the, – the main guy in charge of player personnel, Dennis Lindsay, exiting, I guess, over – continual problems between him and the coach Quinn Snyder and I guess when it came down to it either him or him it became Dennis Snyder hitting the road on that Jamie I'm gonna hit you up first on this there's been a lot of speculation now that Utah with its hard cap situation and Laker Tom I mean he's obviously studied this as well for possible trades Notice that there could be a, a situation where the Lakers could take advantage of some Utah withdrawals let's say for instance, like Clarkson, uh, you know, there's other players been talked about. I want to hear your thoughts on some of the Utah players, if they could be a decent fit on the Lakers team. Oh, without a doubt. I think Jordan Clarkson would be a great fit. Obviously, uh, Spider Mitchell or any number of guys. Joe Ingles, he's been talked about. Joe Ingles. All of those guys would be great fits on the Lakers. Uh, I, I, I have to agree with Spencer. I don't see, I don't see a package the Lakers can assemble that would make a Dame or Ben Simmons trade feasible. I think both of them could cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Oh, thank you. My three-year-old daughter agrees with me, so I must be doing something right. There you um, go. The, 20, the 21st pick in the draft isn't moving anybody's needle. Kuzma's not moving anybody's needle. Sign and trade for shooters not You know, none of this... None of this, you know, makes a GM sit up and go, well, now, hold on a minute there. So those people should just, I think we just need to redirect our energies to things that are actually possible. A Joe Ingles is possible. A Jordan Clarkson is possible. Terry Rosier might be possible. Norman Powell, certainly possible. You know, Devontae Graham, possible. Like, all those are the kind of targets the Lakers need to, like, set their sights on. They need to stop talking about Andre Drummond and move on from that like uh, like yesterday somebody and chasing you Jamie and, uh, no I'm looking for <laughs> no, hey man come on what do you think on the lookout on the lookout yeah I'm looking for one of those sacred 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 spots 
This is um, about as much fun as watching a Chevy Blazer go down the highway. Oh, that was a Ford Bronco. <laughs> that was a Bronco, right? <laughs> We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. You know, I agree with you. The Lakers need to make sure and temper their enthusiasm on which targets they should go after and not waste a whole bunch of energy on those high-end choices that they really probably don't have the assets for. The DJ choices, we call them. Don't hard hard cap yourself unless it's for a superstar. There's just no need. There's just no need. There's no need because whatever deal you think you can make now, like, there's going to be – wow, somebody is really – Unintelligent here. You're going to be able to make that deal. Most Watching likely. a tennis match. Doesn't it look like that? It, that deal is going to probably be available in the regular season for the same, for the same contracts. Like sign. Like, we won't have the draft pick to use. It's the 21st pick in the draft. It's not, <laughs> it's nothing. It's, you know, that's not a thing. That's not a, that's not a valuable commodity. You're not getting a player that's changing your franchise's fortunes with the 21st pick in the draft. You, no, you know, but you're getting a pick that could be assembled with other valuable assets in order to get, bring back a player who would be a valuable starter. That hasn't happened. No, it, it, you're not. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I, again, if it's like coups for like for healed, right. And it takes the 21st pick to get it done. Awesome. Great. Then you do that, but like, unless you're, if you're hard capping yourself and dumping the, dumping the pick for a, you know, a guy who barely Kyle played, Lowry. I, yeah, well, I mean, how old is Lowry? He's thirty three, but he, like I said, he still, I think, has. That's what you said game. last year about Chris Paul, thirty five. Yeah. Well, uh, Spencer, I'm, let me let's get Spencer here I'm, involved in this. Spencer, I mean, like I said, I mentioned that there could be possibilities now from Utah, which was a 60-win team based on a whole bunch of teamwork, and they really, they're healthy. Mike Conley. Yeah, Mike Conley is another situation who wasn't very healthy, but he's going to be a free agent. That could be a possibility as well. The Lakers could target. I want to hear, well, Jamie's already shaking his head no, but I This is the guy who just did five horrible things for the Lakers. Yeah, well, (laughs) we'll talk about that here in a second real quick. But before we go to that, Spencer, I want to hear your thoughts on should the Lakers maybe start looking into targets such as that? Joe Ingles, the possibility, Jordan Clarkson to go ahead and really get you some offensive firepower. Isn't great on the defensive end, but again, in a different scheme, in a Frank Vogel scheme, you know, even just a little bit of improvement there could really make it worthwhile. Yeah, I think Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, um, Jordan Clarkson, those are all great targets. 
And yeah, I, I, I think in a few years, Utah is going to be stuck because, I mean, they're trapped. They're going to they're gonna pay Mike Conley a huge contract because they have no other choice. And I think they just have like an, an, an inherent problem with paying Gobert a massive contract because, you know, if you look around the West, he's not going to stop Nikola Jokic. He's not going to stop Anthony Davis. He's steamed out of games by small ball. So you're not winning a championship with him and you're paying him, you know, near super max money. So, you know, if, if Utah's trapped, I think they'll they'll start to sell some of their role players. I think that's a great target for LA because they do have they have three and D options like Ingles and Royce O'Neal or mm. you know Jordan Clarkson who's a great off the bench. Forty seven percent Joe Ingles, I think, shot during the regular season from three. That would be amazing. Laker Tom would be in heaven if he could shoot anywhere near that during the regular season. And he does put up threes. Jordan Clarkson has not seen a shot he hasn't liked in over five years. So you know he's going to put up a lot for you, Tom. And he'll and he yeah. does have the range now that he did not have with the Lakers. So these well, could he's, either... he, he's in a role that's perfect for him too because yeah. he's got a green light right off yeah. of the time he comes off the bench. You know, I kind of differ from the from Spencer's feeling about Utah, and I think the main reason is the new ownership. The new ownership would not have given, in my opinion, Rudy Gobert that huge contract. And I think that I think that it's a it's an interesting thing because there, there's been rumors that that Mitchell basically at some point in time is looking to get out of out of Utah. So I don't know. You know, the the new ownership is a young guy. He's uh, he's a tech guy, so he's he's really made some dramatic changes. They're they're talking about bringing the old Celtic guy in there, ex BYU point guard, uh, Danny Ainge. To to you know, and you can see at some point in time, I could see Ainge actually becoming the general manager there. Although I think after the heart attacks, he's just looking for a way to keep his feet in the business and and participate. And and you know, having gone to BYU, he's you know he's got he's a mormon so he's got some some loyalty to the whole thing that they've got going in utah so i'm not so sure that uh, i don't disagree that there are some excellent candidates that they have on their team i mean this is a this is the you know they and the clippers were the best two three point shooting teams in the league and not only just for this year but in history in the history of the league this is the best two seasons that a, that an nba team has had shooting the threes well, oh, we have just, Baby Sweet there. Yeah, yeah, Baby Sweet is there. He's getting into the house now, so it's uh, great to see that he made it safe to his location. <laughs> and hope, hopefully he'll be able to join us here in Sydney, a second. who's the best Laker? Who's your favorite Laker? I can't remember. <laughs> she can't remember. <laughs> uh, a lot like all the other. Uh, well, That's okay, Sydney. Your dad has the same problem. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Very brutal indeed. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. But before we head on out, guys, and before you plug what you're doing on your stuff at Lakerholics.com and also Basketball University on Medium.com, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up on an article that Jamie Sweet, the man who's walking his beautiful young daughter to right now, and he had a recent article on his Five Things column, so I encourage everybody to take a look at it. It happens. What it's like? What Marvel's going to be doing with their upcoming show? What happens if? Although theirs is just what if. But what happens if? Where he mentions some scenarios, and there are actually like worst case scenarios in a lot of situations. 
when you take a look at it. I'll mention it briefly on the air that, again, you have to read the whole thing going on at five things on Lakerholics.com. But to briefly mention and briefly go over, talks about none of the free agents agree to sign and trade. If that happens, if the Lakers can't stay healthy, what about the coaching situation? What if we start off slow next season? And what does it all mean for this offseason and free agency? Those are the questions that he ponders in his latest article. Tom, I know before I get to Spencer and before I get to Jamie with your rebuttal, because I'm sure there's going to be need for a lot of rebuttal. Laker Tom, I know you read the article and had some very vociferous comments on Lakerholics.com. So I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, you have a chance to go ahead and let it simmer now that you are. Well, I, was, I, I basically told told Jamie that I said, you know, I I hope you can balance this off with your five great things about the Lakers next season, and I'm sure that he's working on that right now. Um, so mostly, what I did was just a uh, uh, playful uh, attacks on him uh, from a friendly basis. Jamie and I have been friends for a long time, and and while we battle on the blog constantly. Uh, uh, I have nothing but respect for the guy's opinion and uh, his approach. Could, could have fooled me on the comments that you left. Well, the comments were 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 ridiculous. I mean, the arguments that he made. You know, he, you know, you just take them one at a time here. That that uh, his first argument was that that none of our free agents are going to agree to be signed and trade, and and that's really up to the general manager. Well, there are only eight teams. Scenario. There are only eight teams in the league who have more money than the MLE. That means eight teams, and none of them, except for possibly if you stretch it, the Raptors, have a chance of being a competitive team next year. So that means that there's going to be a lot of situations where a player is looking for more than $10 million, guy like Dennis Schroeder, guy like Montrez Harrell, and that means they're going to want to go to one of those teams that doesn't have cap space to sign them. That means that they have to get a sign and trade. So there's a very good chance that the Lakers can go out and do that. Secondly, Jamie acts as if all of the injuries that happened this year, most of which can be attributed to short off season and a short compressed season and all of the wear and tear that that puts on the players and the increased risk of suffering an injury because of fatigue. Well, this is, this is an unusual year. And if you even look at the law of averages, the chances are the Lakers ended in the first round we're going to have extra time off and that should be an advantage for us next year coming into the season plus neither ad or nor lebron are in you the know and then, and then he argues about the the coaches being terrible at offense and so forth and my whole point is that it's not necessarily the coaches who determine what offense you play it's the players that you happen to have and when you don't have guys who are volume three-point shooters there's not a hell of a lot you can do by telling kcp and Caruso to shoot more because they aren't shooters. They aren't going to take those shots. You need to change the lineup if you want to change the type of flow that we have. And then getting off to a slow start, getting off to a slow start. Actually, we've gotten off to a good start almost every year. Oh, so watch that. Would be very unusual that we I didn't. Get I saw him checking start. the list. And last of all is that, you know, that we're not going to be able to get any better players than we got. Well, we actually have two of the top five players in the world. So it's not like we're totally bankrupt in that particular situation. So Nobody is shedding a tear for us. Yeah, you know, Jamie's Jamie's going to probably demolish those five horrible things with five great things in his next article. 
And well, it's, you know, it's really hypocritical for the guy to, to be at both sides of, of, of the table like that and tearing the Lakers down and then just setting himself up so that he can get a bunch of clicks by propping up the Lakers in the next article. Uh, Tom, I thought that was the idea for Lakerholics.com and him making articles is that it would be more clicks for your site. Well, we don't mind more clicks for the site. That's perfectly okay. Okay, so if you can, please check out his article, What Happens If, on his five things column on Lakerholics.com. And speaking of clicks, you got to give medium.com slash basketball dash university some clicks. Spencer, I know you had a chance to check it out. You've been hearing the debate going forward. I'm sure you saw Laker Tom's comments, a lot of them. And I did agree with Laker Tom on some certain comments on there, but I will save them for a second. But before we hit up Jamie and his rebuttal, I want to go ahead and, well, of course, I agree with Laker Tom on Otani, but that was before the Angels came back with seven runs in the ninth and actually destroyed his Yankees. The Yankees deserve to be but Otani, Otani needs to be a DH. <laughs> he needs to stay a DH. I think it would be an awesome yeah. DH. Wrong. That's another issue for another day. That's a baseball podcast. But Spencer, you know, I turned oh, that game. I turned that game off, Jamie. Well, I could not go, even as even as my wife has been yelling at me. Why are you screaming and swearing at your favorite one of your favorite teams, and and saying that you're never going to watch another one of these games that you're canceling MLB that you're you know et cetera et cetera. And this was a perfect example why that it, it, they could, could be watching seven runs week. in the first inning against Batani, and then they could turn around and allow seven runs in the ninth inning and lose the game. After I turned it off and moved over to the basketball game, the well, Yankees. I will say it. I'm a since Mickey Mantle's rookie year, I have been a diehard Yankee fan, and this is the worst Yankees team in the history of Major League Baseball. Wow, that's saying something. They are a right. bunch of sucking chokers. <laughs> Hal Steinbrenner is saying he's sticking with them. So, but Spencer, after that, uh, I guess outburst on baseball. <laughs> want to head back to base uh, basketball here. And you read Jamie Sweet's article, and I don't, you know, if you don't want to comment on Otani or the the Yankees, that's fine with you. You know, that's no problem. Although, again, I think Otani should stay a hitter. I think it's in his best interest and his health. I think it's his health, his health, his health. But anyways, uh, Spencer, your thoughts on Jamie Sweet's article on all these what happens if scenarios. This is, again, from what I'm reading it and what I'm ascertaining, it's if everything goes wrong article. And <laughs> if that's the case, uh, do you think all those components can and will go wrong? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think all of the components can go wrong. I think, you know, the Lakers are a defense first team and uh, – you know, a defense versus team will win regular season games. So I don't think we're going off. We're going to get off to a slow start. Um, I know hypotheticals with Frank Vogel getting fired are favorites for Lakers fans, but I, I think he's going to be extended. And I also don't think David Fisdale will be a head coach this season. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I, I think uh, Laker Tom made a good point about signing trades. At least, at least one is likely to occur, and if not, then at worst, I think the Lakers might be stuck running it back, which isn't an awful option. But okay, anyways, um, and then I guess the last thing would be injuries, and I mean, uh, this season was an anomaly in many ways. I think 
like LeBron getting injured in the way he did that that just <laughs> probably won't happen again I mean what are the odds that Solomon Hill is gonna well we might play him twice a year play yeah. Solomon Hill twice a year there's a chance we could love manage him for those two games I think but yeah, I think um, the worst case scenarios are all pretty out there. I'd say the realistic worst case scenario is you losing the conference finals or semifinals. If I don't know, that that that's the real worst case scenario that would cause trouble for Lakers fans. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Great words right there, Spencer. Thank you, Laker Tom, for your comments. Myself, I'm just going to say this, Jamie, and I'm going to get you back on here. Unmute your mic when you can. I don't think everything in there goes wrong. Obviously, in a season, you're going to have your ups and downs. And even when the Lakers won their championship, they had their ups and downs. Stuff that was thrown at them that they didn't expect or nor that you could expect, obviously with Kobe's death and everything that went on there, but also injuries, the other stuff that went took place. There was obviously before that season, there was a lot of murmur what going on behind the scenes with the coaching staff and the hire of Frank Vogel and all that. But you know what? I think that the Lakers do have a decent foundation in place. And I think they'll make some of the right decisions, but I won't get a read on the team until we get into training camp and we'll have a better idea exactly where we stand. But I'm hoping that that will not be the case. And your what happens if scenario will just remain fodder for Laker Tom instead. <laughs> Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the things I post are just for Laker Tom to uh, to to uh, an <laughs> audience of one. Audience of one. No, I'm kidding. I kid. Although I do marvel that I'm supposed to write vanilla articles that encourage no clicks. So I'll, I'll make that change directly. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Listen, it, it, all of those were doomsday scenarios. If 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 if. I mean, the the best chance Schroeder has of getting his big contract money is in a sign and trade. The Lakers aren't, they already, I think, put their best offer on the table and he turned it down. I don't think he's getting that offer from us again. I don't think he's worth what we offered him. And if some team is willing to pay him 100, 125 million a year for the next four or five years, you are welcome to Dennis Schroeder and you can ride that horse as far as it'll take you, which I can guarantee you will not be much farther than a playoff berth at best. And same with Trez. I don't, you know, Trez is a funny one, right? Everybody looked at his social media over the All-Star break like, oh, he hates the Lakers. And I took that to mean that he was going through a tough time. And same with his Drew League tweet, uh, where he said finally got some run in L.A. because he had a monster game in the Drew League, which, let's be honest, it's the Drew League. <laughs> it's not known for defense or, you know, com- you know, highly competitive, uh, s- low-scoring games. So, 
you know, I looked at that as another moment of sarcasm, right? Like just, you know, a guy kind of like Patrick Beverly, right? A guy who plays with that chip on his shoulder, a uh, guy who leaves it all out on the court, no matter what the score is, no matter what the scenario is, maybe doesn't have the, the I'm going to knock a guy down and by pushing him in the back gene that Patrick Beverly has, but certainly comes from that same school of gritty grinding, going to go all out, no matter what the possession, no matter what the score, no, no matter what I'm giving it my all. And your team, we need guys like that. The flip side is what if like Trez's agent gauges the market and says, we're not going to get more than this. We're not. I hate to say it, Montrez you're not going to get 10 million from a team or 15 million from a team. You're, you're this, this take the player option and, and go same with Gasol, right? Like Gasol's under contract next year. Everybody's like, he's going to go play in Barcelona. Well, he might, <laughs> he might not. <laughs> Let's put it this way. He hasn't yet. So, <laughs> you know, all of these scenarios are, 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 you know, like you said, we'll have a much better draft. After free agency starts, we're going to have a much better read on the team. A lot of these guys are going to have to make decisions. They still got time to make those decisions. You know, it was funny to see how fast some of the teams moved in free agency. I thought that was in some ways a little bit foolish, but also, you know, for the Celtics, they do so poorly in free agency anyway. It almost makes sense for them to just be done as early as possible and be like, forget it. We're gonna we're all going to the Bahamas during the free agency period. Nobody's gonna sign here anyway. So I, you know, the, the article is a, as I said, it was doomsday scenarios. Health. The reason I brought the health up was, you know, we're we're gonna revamp our training staff. So let's get it right this time. Like, you know, no more soft tissue injury. You know, it's too bad Magic Man's not here because he's got a great insight onto the different types of injury. Yeah, like LeBron's first injury was uh, not a contact injury. He just strained his groin. In, on that Christmas Day game against Golden State. That just happened. Same with AD. He went up, and then his calf and his season was never the same. So, you know, I I disagree that health is – that all of this was just, like, freak or wear and tear. That's the thing with sports injuries is that, like, Sean Livingston, like, he went up to lay the ball up, and his knee exploded. Like, You it, can't play like James Harden did where he didn't make any effort other than just to pass the ball. No, you know, but he didn't want to pull that Amy again. Right. That's that. So he, he would not make any moves that, that required, you know, a quick start. No, same with a, same with AD and his groin in the play and the game. Play yeah. But it play. wasn't enough with AD. You could tell right away that yeah. he had made mistake even trying to play on it, even warming up maybe like the, yeah. the, those were all terrible, terrible mistakes in my opinion. All I'm going to say is a for every coin, there's a flip side. Just like for every sword, there's a there's two edges, and things can cut both ways. So if it's a two edged sword, it's right. There are a lot of one edged swords. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just getting cut right here from what you guys are saying right now. But anyways, before we head on out, just want to mention real quick: the Bucks have taken a 14 point lead in the third quarter. They were up by nine at the half. So they are still looking strong and possibly going to take Game Six. But we'll give you a full update on our Monday show. Real quickly, guys, because we got to head on out. Also, want to mention Hoopheads Podcast Network. Mention Spencer's work, his tremendous work at medium.com slash basketball-university. All the great articles there. But, guys, while you pitch your stuff, please let us know as well. David Fisdale got added to the staff this week. Is it a benefit or not? We can talk more about this on Monday. I'm not sure if I want to because I'm not a big Fisdale fan, but I know we will anyways. Laker Tom. You got great stuff going on at LakerHolics.com. Fizdale, yes or no? 
Fizdale, yes, for two reasons. One, respect from LeBron James. LeBron's always liked him. And number two, uh, in his time at Miami, he was a big proponent for why they ended up having uh, having small ball lineups. And so I'm hoping that he could have the same influence on the Lakers. We'll see what happens there. So much for Christoph Porzingis, though. Those two don't get along. Don't put those two in the same room. But Spencer, your thoughts on Fizdale, plus the great work that you do at Basketball-University? I mean, if you're if you were in on Jason Kidd as an assistant coach, I think you have to be in on Fizdale just because, you know, the, the best thing Jason Kidd ever did as a coach was putting the ball in Giannis's hands and the rest of his basketball strategies were pretty subpar. And, you know, Fizdale, Fizdale um, played five out in Miami. He's the one who made Marc Gasol start shooting threes. So I think if you like floor spacing, you should like Fizdale. And, yeah, on Basketball University, we have NBA Finals predictions. Uh, we have some opinions pieces on if injuries are ruining the playoffs or not. Yeah, so we have opinions on both sides. And I'll be coming out with an article on Chris Paul after he just scored 41 points. You know that Chris Paul has played – well, I may not be right, but he may be he may be close to playing more years than Spencer's been alive. <laughs> I can't it's very close. I don't think he's nineteen yet. I don't think he's nineteen years in the league yet. <laughs> LeBron is getting up there because LeBron may have been doing it. Yeah. But anyway, you, know, so. you just have to realize that because I noticed there were a couple of references you guys made that were definitely before Spencer was born and you know, and we need to be careful about that just to, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, yes, coming from the guy who, yeah, well, we won't go. Well, I, I that's can low-hanging fruit. You, you just don't. left me low-hanging fruit. I can fruit, mention things that both of you were not born for, too. I'm not that far behind you, but we won't go there, yes. But, Jamie, I know you do, again, a lot of things at 5Things on Lakerholics.com. Fizdale, yes or no? Again, sorry, no Christoph Porzingis in our future, I guess. No, no, please no. Please no. Please no. Why? I thought that would be a great pickup for the Lakers if they get him on the cheap. No, but I think it would be. For yeah. the minimum, I'll take Persingas. Uh, well, no. I mean, for his contract for maybe a second rounder or something as far as a cheap trade is concerned. But then again, you can't do that now because he can't stand Fisdale. That's the reason why he left New York. Let's Yeah, let's just say this. I think it's going to open up the floor for Mark Gasol as a Laker board, and it's going to open up the floor for Kristaps uh, Porzingis. At least Mark plays defense. Listen, I think that Fisdale, I mean, we're talking about... Does he now? Does he still? He does. He does. Look at his defensive rating when we played. That's not terrible. We're talking about an assistant coach. We're talking about the guy that if the Lakers start off uh, Mike Brown style, 0-12 or whatever it was that one season with uh, Kobe, Powell, Dwight, and Steve Nash, where we were like 0-14. I forget what it was, but it was, you know, terrible. I don't think we won a preseason game either, so it was an even longer losing streak if you're if you know you count preseason. I think it was zero and four in the regular season, and that's what happened. I think it was more than that. I think I think they let him go for a while. It felt like forever. It felt like two seasons worth of terrible basketball and one Mike Brown. Uh, that was such a bad. Anyway, no, you know, that was trying. That was trying to get LeBron to play a specific type of offense rather than the ball in LeBron's hand. Well, I think that that I mean, so I think that Fizdale he, want, he wanted to play Princeton offense. That's a utilitarian <laughs> offense. That. Well, anyways, Fisdale, yes or no? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent, yes, because I think he's going to help 
in the same way that kid helped Giannis, which I thought was a brilliant observation that you, you want your best players to be making the decisions. You don't want KCP to make a decision. You want KCP to shoot the shot LeBron creates for KCP. That's the role you are here to play. Don't dribble the ball. Don't pass the ball. Not unless it's like an alley-oop to a big man on the roll. Like, be smart. And he's a smart man's coach. So I think, you know, we have a high IQ team. I think he's a great addition. Congrats to Jason Kidd. Way to go to be a head coach. Uh, you're inheriting in a hot mess. Good luck with that. He'll be great for Luca. Maybe. I mean, point gotta know where your bread is buttered. Got to know where your bread is buttered. It is with Luca, but there's a lot going on down there that's that's unresolved. So it's going to be interesting that's true. Too. Very, very true indeed. But guys, it's been great talking to all three of you, especially Jamie, just driving down the freeway, hopefully not erratically. But you know what? It was great to have you here. One of our first mobile Laker fast breaks that we've ever had. Very interesting indeed. But if you have any questions for us at LakerTom, medium.com slash basketball-university, Jamie Sweet at Lakerholics.com, and of course me at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter and Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Make sure you go ahead and support our sponsors. Also as well, the Hoop Heads Podcast Network with tremendous shows. In fact, they do have shows covering the NBA Finals along with us. We will be back on Monday, maybe possibly by that time, talking already the NBA Finals. We may have some NBA Finals predictions, plus we're going to be talking about LeBron, the Olympics. We'll be talking about a lot of great stuff. There's still more to talk about in Lakers land as we continue right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>